0: I would like to say to you, of course I'm going to read a text tonight out of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. But uh, let me say uh, to all of you here tonight, if you're waiting for an opportunity or a moment to really commit to God, this would be a good time to do that. This would be a good time for you to separate yourself from people that pull you the wrong way. This would be a good time for you to say, I've had enough of that. This would be a good time for you to plant your feet in the ground and say, I'm not going to be swayed by every wind of, of opinion or peer pressure. I'm going to stand up for what's right. Now it would be a good time for you to do that. Somebody say amen. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus, and I wish we would see him tonight. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. I'm thankful that he tasted death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I'd like for you to read those last three words with me, perfect through sufferings. Let's say it again, perfect through sufferings. Now that's an interesting three words, isn't it? And you wonder what's going on in your life, and you wonder what's happening in your life or what's going on in your world when we find in Hebrews 2 where the writer said Jesus was made perfect through the things that he suffered somebody say amen let's lift our hands and love the lord together right now let's just pray for his word to find its place as we enter bible study tonight lord i praise you god i thank you for what we are feeling here in this service i thank you for the promise of your return i thank you lord for what your word declares to be true we stand up on it tonight God, I pray you would touch every heart tonight. I pray you would touch every life tonight. I pray you would touch every person that's here tonight in Jesus' name. We give you praise for it, Lord. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody sit in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and shake their hand. Tell them I'm sure glad to see you in church tonight. Amen. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Jesus said something very, very important in John chapter 3 that I want to draw your attention to. When he spoke to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus wasn't quite sure what Jesus was speaking of, when Jesus said, you must be born again of the water, and of, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, I'm not sure how that can happen because I'm an older man And how can I be born again, being as I am an adult? Jesus said, oh, Nicodemus, I'm not talking about physical birth. I'm talking about spiritual birth. He said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. And then Jesus went on to explain to Nicodemus, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Somebody say amen. I think in that statement we need to understand the magnitude of the truth of that. Jesus is saying that which is spiritual cannot be and is not fleshly. And that which is fleshly cannot be and is not spiritual. So some issues are fleshly issues. And some issues are spiritual issues. And Jesus said, don't get these mixed up. Everybody okay? Because I think it's very important that we understand uh, that Jesus said new birth is a spiritual issue. Also we must understand saints of God and young people gathered here tonight That I can't blame my carnality on the devil I can't say I'm addicted to pornography and it's the devil's fault That's not spiritual That's fleshly In fact if you want to recognize in the word of God what is flesh and never will be spiritual Find out what Paul said are the works of the flesh, and he lists them. When you read that list, don't ever forget that the Bible gives us that list not to make a devil out of that. He gives us that list so we understand that that's a flesh problem, and you cannot cast out carnality. Now, is there a spirit of lust? Is there a spirit of addiction? Absolutely. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We understand that. But uh, I believe sometimes we feel like some things need to be cast out when I feel like they just need to be crucified. (laughs) Because casting out is what you do spiritually. Crucifixion is what you do physically. So we don't tell folks it's, uh, you know, they, 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 um, the Bible talks about those works of the flesh and he says they are these and we, you know, the scripture lists those and we say, okay, now come up for deliverance and we're going to cast this out of you. No, that's not casting out stuff. That's crucifying stuff. That means God has called you to crucify your flesh to gain victory over your carnality. Somebody say Amen. So, this is about a crucifixion. Now, when did Paul say he crucified himself? <laughs> Wait, wh- when, when was that? Daily. daily. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I think they said daily. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I think you said daily. This is what you do with carnality you crucify it daily. You cannot crucify it every year at youth convention and live in the victory. You cannot crucify it every Sunday and live in the victory. People say, well, Brother Gene, I'd be victorious if the devil would leave me alone. No, it's not the devil, it's you. You are the devil. Let's title this sermon tonight, You are the devil. No, I'm teasing. That's not it. He got ready to write it down. Let's entitle it Perfect Through Suffering. That's what we'll entitle it. We're fixing to talk about suffering. Everybody say suffering. We're fixed to talk about why you go through some of the things you go through. Do you, you do realize that some of the things you go through are your fault? Oh, no. Not in this world in which we live. No. So let's talk about this. And I think it's very important that this church recognize that we need to be a spiritual church, not a carnal church. Carnal people are always swayed by feelings because their feelings are paramount. They have no, uh, no ability to be led by the Spirit because the Spirit is not connected to your feelings. Your feelings are in the realm of your soul, that's your emotions, and the Spirit is not connected to that portion. Unless you make that connection. We do feel good when we come to church. We do feel uh, anointed when God's presence is on us. But the primary input in the spiritual realm is into a man's spirit. So there are things that I may feel diametrically opposed to that the spirit says something else. And and I may not feel that at all. But I'm not gauging God's way by my feelings. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I think it's very important we understand as a church that uh, the difference between spiritual things and fleshly things. So let's talk for a minute about the problem of pain. In fact, in Hebrews it says Jesus was made perfect through his sufferings. I don't like to see anybody suffer. I don't like to suffer. Most men, you know, to hear all the women say it, us, All us men are sissies, we get a little pain, we just go absolutely haywire. Well, don't take it out on us just because God made you uh, give birth to children and you can claim that that's the greatest pain it's ever experienced and so men can never experience that, so we're a bunch of wimps. Please don't take that out on us. It's not our fault, you're the one that has to give birth and it has to come through the very door of death. In fact, that's your own making for that matter. Absolutely You say oh Well let's say oh about this Men do you know what's of your making Work So quit complaining about it Because your curse is By the sweat of your brow Shall the earth bring forth fruit In other words Before you got haywire You didn't have to work You said things and plants started You talked to tomatoes Come on I'm telling you the gospel truth You did not have to work at keeping the garden You had authority in the garden you lost it. And so now by the sweat of your brow the earth is going to bring forth fruit. So you're cursed as well. So quit complaining about work. In fact, you'd get depressed if you didn't work. Hello. Anyway, we're talking about pain. I don't like to see things suffer and and uh I started this, I went down that little rabbit hole because I was talking about men not being able to suffer so much. Oh, Just get over it, you know. The problem with pain, as the Christian scholar C.S. Lewis once called it, is one of Satan's most deceitful and dishonest weapons against faith. Pain, suffering. If God is good... And if God knows everything, and if God is everywhere present, and if God is all powerful, then why am I suffering? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Anybody ever been through anything? Let's talk about that confusion for a moment because it does bring confusion. We can understand some of the suffering that comes to mankind. We can understand some of it. We don't necessarily like it, but at least we can make some sense of it. So let's try it tonight. We can understand the suffering and pain that comes from living in a cursed world. I heard one amen. Turn your neighbor and tell them, I'm living in a cursed world. Absolutely, you know I made this statement one time at a family gathering, and one of my cousins and I made this statement. They looked like they, you know, they looked at me like, uh, "That's the nuttiest thing I've ever heard." Uh, but you do realize that when sin, when when sin came into the world, uh, Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. There was no wintertime. There was no blizzards. Recognize it wasn't 120 degrees in the summer and those, those uh, cumulonimbus clouds were rising up to about 80 or 90,000 feet in the air and and all that uh, super-cooled moisture gets so cold it forms uh, uh, little uh, uh, balls of ice and those come pelting down on your roof and your car and you can go out and shake your fist at God all day long. Why did you let it hail on my truck? (laughs) You live in a cursed world. That's why. In fact, when Adam and Eve sinned, we started getting seasons. How do you know, how, how do seasons happen? Uh, July the 21st is the first day of summer. Do you realize that's the longest day of the calendar year? Why is it the longest day of the calendar year? Help me out with this. Come on. Let's, anybody know? Well, just because it is. No, why is there more daylight on that day than any other day? Why on December twenty first is there less day than any other day? On December the twenty second first, we are the clo- furthest from the sun that the Earth will ever get. It starts coming back toward the sun on June. The, is it June? June twenty first. Thank you. I've auto corrected. June 21st, we are closest to the sun than we will ever be in our orbit. So recognize that before sin, we were in a perfect orbit. Had to be. We are no longer in a perfect orbit. So we have weather conditions. We've got tsunamis. we got earthquakes. we got crazy snowfall. we got crazy storms. We've got, we've got hurricanes. we got tornadoes. Why? Because God hates us. No. We live in a cursed world. Cursed world. In fact, read it for yourself about this world, whether you, (laughs) you may not like it, but the Bible says the whole world groaneth. You ever heard the world, earth groaning? Just hang around a while, You'll, you'll probably hear it. Because weather conditions in which we, you know, as time goes on, they say, well, we have global warming, we got global cooling, we got global idiocy, we got global (laughs) laziness, we got global selfishness. We got all kind of global problems, don't we? Is everybody okay? I know it's shocking to you to think, well, God could have turned the tornado around and it, well, and sometimes he does. But we live in a cursed world while you're griping why God didn't turn the tornado, don't forget that Job lost ten of his kids in a whirlwind on the same day. So first of all, you need to understand we live in a cursed world. Second thing you need to understand very clearly about pain and suffering is we understand the discomfort of being chastened or corrected by the Lord. Uh-oh, boy, got real quiet. We don't like that, but what kind of child would you raise if you never corrected them? Uh, well, it's just like some of just look around you. No, I'm teasing. You want to know what a child would be like if you never corrected them? I'll introduce you to a few tonight. Just hang around after. No, I'm teasing. Every kid in here is just right on up. They're just right on We're working on them anyway. Somebody say amen. Why do you correct your children? Because you love them. That's why. That's exactly why the Lord corrects you. Because he loves you. And there are times some of your discomfort is from the correction of the Lord. You ought to thank God for those moments. You ought to thank God that he loves you enough to make you uncomfortable. Is this okay? Let me say something to you as well. Uh, If if you know the Lord and you know righteousness and you you love Jesus, I I think you shouldn't feel bad maybe making somebody feel uncomfortable if it's necessary. If Chelsea was smoking pot and you knew it, I think I I would deserve to know that. No, uh -uh, I'm going to say that again. If my daughter was snorting cocaine, I think it would be good for some. If I didn't know it, and somebody in this room knew it, I think somebody has has an obligation to say to the priest of her home. Well, I don't know. I'm just going. Well, I'm not talking about gossiping. I'm not talking about telling somebody that's none of their business. I'm not talking about even telling her dad and then go telling everybody else. That's a talebearer. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. That's a talebearer, and it is a sin. But if I love the Lord, there are times we have to sit down and have an honest talk with somebody and say, "This is going to make you really uncomfortable," but it's okay because the Lord doesn't want you going the way you're going. I'll <laughs> well, clap your hands under the Lord if you believe that's a good discomfort. So, we understand that we live in a, in a cursed world. Everybody say cursed world. We also uh, understand the discomfort of correction. Everybody say correction. So, we're talking about curse and correction. You know what else we need to understand, I think, about pain before we get into why we suffer it and, and how we ought to shake our fist at God and whether we ought to be mad or not? I think we also need to understand the pain of recompense. Because there is a spiritual law of which you will never be exempt that you reap what you sow. That sometimes your discomfort and your suffering is from your own mistakes. Let me give you an example. I decide I'm going to go out and cut a big old load of uh, of wood and I go out there and I see a couple of dead trees. I'm whistling through the woods and I see a couple of dead trees and I decide to take my vengeance on those dead trees and I don't have any eye protection, no help, no uh, hard hat, nothing, just start cutting on a tree, dead tree and that's one of the most dangerous trees you can cut because it'll break in half somewhere up there while you're yin, 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 (laughs) while you're yin, 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 you can't hear it, it'll pop up there and it'll fall right down on you, it'll kill you. And so I'm out there ying 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 on a dead tree. I have no safety helmet on, no glad nothing. And that big old limb that's dead, although it's dead, it can do me some damage. It falls, and I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life. And I can blame God all I want to. I can get bitter and mad, and never go back to church because God let that happen to me. Hello. I was pretty stupid in doing that. I know God can keep things from happening. I want to tell you that I am living proof that there everybody has more than one guardian angel. I jumped in that swimming hole many times, but it was just on one particular Sunday that old Billy White jumped in that same old swimming hole and he went in head first and he hit a root. And it never was the same again after that Sunday afternoon with a bunch of teenage boys swimming in the swimming hole. He was paralyzed from his neck down for the rest of his life. And you know what? He taught Bible studies laying flat on his back in a bed with a stick in his mouth pointing at the chart teaching a Bible study. You knew the Holy Ghost was moving because Billy would be over on one side. They'd park him in the aisle over here right up front. And when Billy got real excited, he couldn't run, couldn't lift his hand, couldn't do anything. He was strapped to a hospital bed. But I've never seen a guy spin his head back and forth like I saw Billy spin his head back and forth. What, how does these things happen? Well, I'm not sure why they happen, but I do know sometimes suffering comes from my own mistake. Amen? Now, and last but not least, we need to understand this confusion. We can understand suffering for the cause of Christ. Now, the Bible says if you suffer for a righteous cause, you're going to be rewarded for that. But we can't confuse... We can't confuse getting smart aleck with the checkout lady at Walmart and come to church and say, Well, Brother Gene, I'm counting myself in one of the chosen few because they persecuted the early church and they're persecuting me. And you've been smart aleck to the lady at the checkout center. That's not the kind of trouble I'm talking about. You brought that on yourself. You're not suffering for Christ if you're telling off the neighbor's well, they don't like me, but they persecuted Jesus, so I guess they're gonna persecute No, that's not what that's about. You may be suffering because you're being uh, whatever you're being. Yeah. Each of these types of pain is difficult, conforms to our it conforms to our sense of human logic to some degree, and we can reason it out and comprehend it that we live in a in a, in a cursed world that we are chastened and corrected by the Lord and sometimes we suffer because we, we did we, our own mistakes and then, and then there's sometimes because we're standing up for righteousness it's going to put us in a bad position. Everybody I Okay. I don't care how much I like them. I don't care how much uh, how friend, how, uh, how how friendly we are together. Or how much uh, time we've invested there. Sometimes my stand for what is right is going to put me at odds with somebody else. I like that story in the book of Joshua. Joshua's getting ready to go to battle and Moses has died and Joshua's now leading the people of God and he's coming up to Jericho and he's out there getting ready for the battle and he sees an angel with a drawn sword. And, and Joshua the leader of God's people He's got one burning question Whose side are you on Because I sure hope you're with us And that angel with that drawn sword Said I'm not with you And I'm not with your enemy I'm on the Lord's side And I think sometimes we get confused Well that you're either on my side Or on their side. So, oh no there's another side to this story And that's the Lord's side And that's the side I want to be on Because that's the side that's got the angels on it. I said that's the side that's got the angels with a drawn sword on it. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. So we live in this cursed world. Why why do children and infants suffer affliction, disease, abuse, even death? We talk about floods, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, natural disasters. And there are no respecter of persons. The sun rises on the just and the unjust. The rain rains on the just and the unjust. Somebody say amen. Amen. So in reality, most of the pain that's suffered by innocent people is directly caused, listen, directly caused by other people. I don't know how much pain or discomfort you would go through if you were the only one here. You probably, I don't know if you'd yourself, but you might. <laughs> Depends on if they produce deodorant for you. Probably get pretty offensive to yourself. Everybody okay? Let's talk about that. Most of the pain and suffering is directly caused by other people. Parents abandon their children. Alcoholics, drug addicts bring great suffering to their families and children. Tyrants, dictators (laughs) bring poverty and and, uh, horribleness to their nations. People gossip, cheat, steal, lie, murder, and the list goes on and on. And you know what those things do? They cause pain to other people. You can't stop. We are surrounded by other people. It's good to have people here tonight. But you know what? People are the problem. I uh, <laughs> I had a good friend I used to preach for some. Um, probably would still if, uh, well, I don't, who knows. <laughs> but... We kind of I told him one day I said, I, you know you've seen that picture of Jesus with that lamb in his hands, and Jesus has that flowing hair, that big fan in his face, and his hair's flowing, and he's, got, he's tanned up and I mean gorgeous just i mean and he's got that lamb in his hand he's looking you know I'm, <laughs> I told this individual, I said, I see you kind of like that as a pastor. He said, oh, really? I said, yeah, but just one little change. You know, you're kind of holding the sheep in your arm too, but you, your other hand, you're kind of doing this. <laughs> he got to laughing because <laughs> there's some people, Jesus, that think all the sheep stink. And somebody say, well, I'd love pastor if it wasn't for all these people. Well, I think that's the point. I'd love to go to church if it weren't for all those people. And if you're on a quest for a perfect church, don't worry about coming back. Because your journey continues. Because this is not a perfect one either. That's what I'm saying. Now, we want you here, but if you're looking for perfect people, they're not in this room. Can I get an amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. People are the problem. There is some pain and discomfort we go through because we are connected to other people. Gonna, I want you to think about this. Before you stand and shake your fist at God and demand justice for all the innocent suffering of the world, I think we need to review our own record. Because if God started wiping out everybody that ever hurt anybody, there wouldn't be anybody left, including you and the guy behind the pulpit, So when you start talking about everybody that's done you wrong, before you give an account before God, recognize that you. Oh, my. You know, we like to keep the tally of the score of everybody else. We like to forget the score when it refers to us. All suffering can be traced directly or indirectly to human wrongdoing either from the sin of Adam and Eve or somebody else's disobedience to God. It's that simple. When we see a child suffer from disease, we are, focused, we are forced to remember that the disease is the legacy of the curse that mankind brought upon itself. I don't know why God heals one person of cancer and the other person doesn't see their healing. He's a sovereign God. I have talked to people who expected their family members to be healed all the time. It was like a wake-up call when I said, Now, uh, they can't be healed all the time or they'd never die. And everybody, it's appointed unto man wants to die. When we see an elderly person suffer from a slowly degenerating body... We must remember the curse of death comes, and to some of us it comes pretty slow. You can feel it creeping up your legs, for that matter. I've had people be so confused about their body wearing down. I asked somebody one time, did you think you were going to run into the grave 100 miles an hour? only way that happens is if you pull out in front of somebody. (laughs) But if the Lord keeps giving you strength and healing, you're going to get 70 and you're going to get 80 and you're going to start stooping and you're going to get out of the chair too easy. So all that griping with God, get over it. You're going to get old. Turn your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you now. Pain, suffering, well, I'm just real discouraged, but, well, yeah, pain and suffering, absolutely, it can drive you crazy. Chronic pain can affect your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, I'm preaching this tonight to try to help you to lift up your eyes above the temporal things. If Jesus was made perfect by the things that he suffered, then I can rejoice because one of these days uh, I'm going to be just like him. I'm going to have a brand new body. I'm going to have, I'm going to a place where there is no night. I'm going to a place where there is no death. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. <laughs> Romans eight twenty two. I think this is the verse I quoted a minute ago. For we know. Turn to your neighbor and tell him we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together. Listen together. Everybody's got discomfort in some form or fashion. Everybody's got pain of some sort or fashion. And when you start thinking you're the only one hurting, you're going to be like David when he said, when I saw the prosperity of everybody else and how good they had it, I was almost overwhelmed until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. Folks, you're not the only one suffering. Somebody say amen. Amen. Nobody's exempt from sufferings. I don't care how young or how old you are. Somebody say amen. In the truest sense of the word, then there's really no such thing as innocence in suffering. As human beings, we like to think of ourselves as moral and virtuous creatures. (laughs) And there's no reason for all this stuff going on. But look at Romans 3 and 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's really preaching to you now. (laughs) Not one. Listen, if it had not been for the Lord, all of us would be lost tonight. There is nobody righteous. No, not one. Well I thought they were better than that Well we got news for you There's none righteous We're all in an effort To become more like Jesus We're all wrestling With our own carnality We're all battling our own mind That's why I need to come to church That's why I need the singers To sing another song I need the preacher to preach to me Because I need to be brought out Of my dilemma Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. (laughs) Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. I I want us to get the understanding of this. So we're going to translate the word all into, you know, the Greek of all. I'm not even sure what it is. The Hebrew of all. I can't pronounce it. Don't even know what it is. But for time's sake, let's just assume that all means everybody. Everybody has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Infants, children, immature, old, young, King David acknowledged that he, like the rest of mankind, was a partaker of a sinful nature even before his birth. Psalms 51, verse 5. Look at this. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. He said, I had sin problems before I ever was born. You're not in the condition you are tonight because somebody else made you do anything. You're not in the position you are tonight because somebody did something bad to you. Hey, But the list goes on and on of all the excuses we could make for ourselves. But the fact of the matter is, I was born a sinner. Humanity can boast of really only one truly innocent man. And you know what we did to him? We killed him. Because we don't do too good with perfect people. We expect it. But we like to kill them if they're perfect. Jesus Christ suffered and died in order to deliver us from the curse. I want you to look at this. 1 Peter 2.21 For even here unto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us and what? Example. That we should follow his steps. Who did no sin. Listen. Suffering has the propensity to cause you to sin. It just said it. He suffered but was without sin. I want to tell you sometimes because we go through what we go through, we can do things that are not pleasing to the Lord. It goes on to say he suffered but left as an example with no sin. Neither was there any bitterness or guile found in his mouth. He did not let his suffering make him bitter. I want to tell you that's the most dangerous thing. I want to tell you there's times I had to get on my knees. I don't know if... You realize these walls back here used to be closed in, back here. It used to be closed in. There used to be a door right over there. And I don't don't think there was a door over here. I can't remember exactly, but my office used to be back here. I can take you to a spot. I still remember the day where I got a phone call very early in my pastorate. And I can take you to the spot that I got down on my face back there in that little prayer room now, uh, and I said, Lord, I don't, I don't have any clue what's going on in my world. I don't understand why this is going on. I have no clue how to go forward. I don't. You know what? If you're not careful, you can get bitter over things that happen in your life. You can get upset. You can have it out with God. The Bible says it. He, did, he suffered. He left us an example with his suffering. Listen, you need to understand. Jesus didn't just leave us an example of being holy and righteous. He showed us how to suffer. He did not let any bitterness get in his mouth. Look at the rest of it. He did not sin, neither was bitterness or guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, what did he do? Revile not. When he suffered, He threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges rightly. Look, when he was accused, he did not threaten. When somebody said something that wasn't true and he suffered by it, he did not threaten them. He committed himself to God who judges rightly. Oh, the peace of that place. Where you say, Lord, I cannot control what people do to me. But I can control how it affects my heart. And I am not going to let it make me bitter. And I'm not going to let it drive me away from God. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Now... He committed himself. Everybody say he committed himself. Now I got a bunch of other scriptures, but it's obvious we're not getting there. I'm closing. <laughs> That's number one. Okay. Everybody say he was an example. Jesus was an example. I don't want you to ever forget this. Jesus was an example in his suffering. Not just His holiness and His compassion. And we think that when we think Jesus was an example. We think, oh, if I could just love like Jesus. If I could just uh, help like Jesus. If I could just live like Jesus. Well, wait. This passage is saying He was an example in His suffering. And then it says, while He suffered, He didn't sin by becoming bitter. He didn't return evil for evil. He put himself in the hands of God. Now look at this next part. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Did you, did you hear that? Well, I hope you did. Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree. Everybody say, Jesus is my example. He's showing me how to suffer He's showing me how to suffer And the first thing He says is Don't let suffering make you bitter Because bitterness can be sinful And then He says Don't revile Don't, Don't return what is coming to you Don't lash out When they lash at you Don't lash out He said commit yourself To the one who judges rightly And then He says Peter says Don't forget That not only was an example in his suffering. This is also a part of it. He bare our sins. It wasn't even his. I want you to think about all the people you're mad at right now. What they've done to you that was unjust. I don't want you to ever forget this verse right here. He bore your sins in his body. That means there may be times, Jeannie that I'm going to suffer because of somebody else's disobedience. Jesus did it. He bore my sin in His body. There is some things that may come to me unjustly that I have to bear that affect me that affect the rest of my life. Oh, gives brand new meaning to "If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me." Somebody say "Amen." I understand. I don't want to. I don't want to share anything that I shouldn't share, but. Uh, Nicole and Bryce are sitting back there tonight and they're good people, God's people. We love and appreciate Nicole and Bryce. Nicole will tell you when she went through her dilemma physically a number of years ago, she'll also tell you that she was in a spiritual battle. She'll also tell you about an encounter and she knows what the spirit was. Paul tells us in his writings, in his epistles, he said, I'm going to make up the difference in the suffering. There are times that we can stand in the gap, Sister Lynn, and bear suffering because of the disobedience of somebody else. You're living proof of it. If you read Lynn's story, it'd make your hair stand up like mine. The things that were done to Lynn Bloom. And I don't want to embarrass her in any way, but I want to tell you something. Some of the crosses we're going to bear, we're going to bear because of the sins and disobedience of others. Amen. And I can get bitter and mad and say, well, if I was God's child, this wouldn't happen. No, He gave us an example. He get, everybody say he gave me an example. He showed me how to suffer. And I suffer first by not sinning with bitterness getting a hold of me. I suffer by allowing myself to be put in the hands of a righteous God who's going to judge it all in the end. <laughs> And lastly, I may have to bear, I didn't cause this, I didn't, but I may have to bear the disobedience of somebody else. Yeah, the problem is people. And we can't expect others to be perfect because we're not perfect. Fact of the matter is, there may be people in this room that's bearing a burden that they didn't produce. In fact, I see your head shaking. I, I, I hear your head rattling. <laughs> yeah, Pastor. Hey, there are, there are mothers sitting here tonight that are under a burden for lost children. And they, they haven't disobeyed God. But they're carrying a cross. They've stayed awake at night. They've been awakened in the middle of the night with a burden for their child. Their child might have been in a drunken stupor and didn't even know they were alive. But that mama got awakened by the Holy Ghost and spent the night in prayer. There's a burden that can come on you that may not have anything to do with you. And as you heard a few weeks ago, if this is a body... I had people text me, Brother Gene, I never realized that some days I get up and I feel a heavy burden to intercede or pray. I understand it now because there may be situations that somebody's going through. I'm going to bear somebody else's burden. I'm going to get under somebody else's dilemma. I'm going to help bear the load of somebody's victory and deliverance. Oh, come on right now, let's let's stand up all over this building. Let's ask God to help us as God's people to understand how to be perfect through suffering. Come on right now, lift your hand. Don't let it make you bitter. Come on. You need to cast off bitterness right now. You need to cast off sin and guile. Lord, I'm not going to let bitterness get a hold of me. Oh, God. Oh God, oh God, help us right now. Help men and women right now in this church. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on right now. Reach over and connect with somebody beside you. Lord, don't let us get bitter. Don't let let God be in my mouth. There are things that didn't happen the right way. But Lord, you showed me how to suffer. You bore my own sins in your body. We don't understand it, but we know a just God. He's going to make it right. Come on, right now, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, He was made perfect through suffering. (laughs) Let me understand it, Lord. Let me lift my eyes above the enemy and the dilemma and the situation. Let me realize, Lord, that there are times, oh God, that I'm bearing somebody else's burden. Lord, that I'm called to carry a cross. I'm called, Lord, as you were an example. I've had him say it to me Pastor it wasn't right No We're not going to argue about whether it was right or not It wasn't right I agree it wasn't right Brother Gene they had no right to do that No they didn't I agree They had no right to do that (laughs) I'm not talking about covering sin or keeping quiet I understand what I'm talking about There are some times that people do things in your life Don't you ever forget who in his own body bear our sins. There's sometimes I wanted to vindicate myself. There's sometimes I wanted to to speak for myself. There's sometimes I felt like I'd been unjustly treated. But you know what? If he can take my sins, that I can handle it when somebody doesn't treat me right. I want us to understand that He gave us an example. Lord, I want to follow that example. I don't want to get bitter and suffering. I don't want to return evil for evil. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, what's the, what would, I I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but they knew I was a pastor and they said, "What, what would be the one thing if it happened that would, that you know, the, what would be the one thing you would want to happen? Or I can't remember exactly how they worded it. It didn't take me two seconds. I said, I want to tell you what would change the entire barometer of a church, the entire atmosphere of a congregation. I want to tell you right now what would make my job a lot easier. If everybody would treat the other person like they wanted to be treated and isn't that what we're called to do it's called the golden rule how would you respond if that was your child what would you do if that was your kid or your mother or your dad or your spouse somebody say amen oh let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now Jesus I praise you Lord, I thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you right now. I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to your people, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I pray you help us to grasp what's going on. And I I didn't have time to get to it and let it be duly noted that I'd only closed one time tonight. But let me say one more thing. Not only does this world groan, but our own bodies groan for redemption. We're going somewhere. We sang about it a minute ago, Brother Aaron, Heaven's Jubilee. We're gathering somewhere. And this old body's just a suitcase to get our spirit there. And it's going to be better by and by. (laughs) Somebody say praise the Lord. It won't be long. All of our suffering will be over. Come on. You don't have to carry that cross much longer. You don't have to guard your spirit much longer. It won't be long. We'll be in a perfect place. We'll be in a heavenly place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.